This episode of The Most Innovative Companies is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. Hi, I'm Amy Farley, Senior Editor at Fast Company. We're taking a look at some of our favorite moments from the 2021 Fast Company Innovation Festival. Here's a conversation about branching out and starting your own production company with Good Morning America co-anchor Robin Roberts. Oh, Miss Robin. Oh my God, it's so good to see you. Thank you for being here. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Good to see you again, Casey. My Uh, pleasure. Oh, please. Oh, please. So, I mean, we primarily know and love you as an anchor on Good Morning America, and we're certainly going to get to what your 16-year career there, but I want to start with your production company, Rock and Robin Productions, which, excellent name, by the way. Um, You started Rock and Robin in 2014, so really take me back to the beginning. Like, what was the impetus for you starting your own production company? What was it, 2014? I hadn't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. Yeah, I looked it I up. Where does the time go? Where does it go? <laughs> don't you ask know? me that. <laughs> <laughs> we, that's a whole other subject. I love saying good morning to America. I love waking America up and having a conversation and enlightening folks and, and just the group that I work with. But it was I was ready to, to flex another creative muscle something different. And that's what this production company affords me, the opportunity to be a storyteller in a different type of way. In the morning, people got to get them out the door, give them the information that they need to empower them and to make them feel good and knowledgeable and then, you know, hit the door running. Um, But with the production company, I can take my time. And it's not a soundbite world. But it has been challenging, my friend. It's a different world out there. I'm sure I mean, it is. Live TV. I'm used to like we do it and it's done. But in the production world, it's a little bit different. But I'm just so incredibly grateful for the opportunities that have come my way with it. Absolutely. And to that point, I mean, obviously, you have such an extensive career in TV dating back before Good Morning America when you were a sportscaster on ESPN. And obviously, on-camera experience doesn't always translate directly to behind-the-camera experience. It helps. It can help, but it's not necessarily a one-to-one. So what was that learning curve for you like when you started your production company? That is a very, very fair question. (laughs) And you can reach a level of success in one area. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate in another, you know, but that, and that's good. I, I to have been doing this as long as I have, I graduated in 1983. I've worked in radio. I've done, I've done uh, country music. I was a DJ. I've done it all when it comes to communication and TV and radio and that, and to get excited all over again. And that's what the production company has done for me. And to learn, Casey, from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. And to and I think it's made me a better um, cast member here at Disney. Mm-hmm. Now I understand when, when the expense report. Uh, because when you're the one, <laughs> you know, because sometimes with my company, I'm like, oh, wait a minute now. There's not some big mouse. This is coming <laughs> out of my bank account, okay? But then it makes me understand why you have to be uh, business-minded and savvy. And so it's been a learning curve there. And also, I've had to learn, Casey, no. Mm. When people tell me no, 
I'm not used to, I wasn't used to hearing no. And I know how competitive you are too. Like <laughs> I know that athletic streak in you, like you don't want to hear no, because no means like losing. So, like, but, but, but you know what? That's true. But then to have to reprogram myself and go, no, it just means not yet. There could be something even better. And that's what I've really found. And to understand that, okay, look at the major league baseball. Mm-hmm. If you have a 300 batting average, three out of 10, you, you're, you're multi-million. I mean, you're, you're, lo- you're considered good. And right. it's the same way, like you get in there and you pitch, you pitch, you pitch, you pitch, you pitch, and you might get one yes or maybe or that. So it's been um, very humbling, but it's made me really have a, a better appreciation of the content that we see in so many different platforms now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And the yeses that you've gotten have been amazing. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just been the projects that you've that you've that you've produced have just been so top notch. And so, you know, I'm curious, I mean, like what what guides your decision making in figuring out what stories you want to tell? Like when you got when you were like, I want to do this production company, mm-hmm. what did you want to say with it? Because oh. it's a huge platform and you have a huge platform going into it. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your your decision making and figuring out what stories you wanted to tell and what you wanted to say and do with this platform. Oh, uh, that's you're asking some really good questions, and I mean that, Casey. Thank you. Um, I wanted to be able. I think this representation is so key. It's um, I wanted to see people more who look like me doing different things. Um, educating people in a very entertaining way. Mahalia Jackson, I love that we did that for a lifetime. And I'm so proud that it received an Emmy nomination. It is nominated for a little little movie that took like three years. Danielle Brooks, beautiful. And she was singing every single take. Even though we had laid down the tracks, every time we did a take, she was singing. Kenny Leon, Tony Award-winning Kenny Leon as the director, and to be able to know that now people are more aware of Mahalia's story, not just that she was the queen of gospel, but her place in the civil rights movement, that she was the one, the March on Washington, tell them about the, tell them about the dream, Martin. She was the one who said to Dr. King, tell them about the dream, and that's the speech that we remember. That's the part of the speech that we remember. I grew up listening to Mahalia Jackson. And so when the lifetime execs just threw out her name, I'm like, I got you. So it's, it's, it's listening to myself. Um, I have a multi-generational um, colleagues and staff. Uh, I listen to them. Sometimes they have to, <laughs> they, you know, I don't want it to be my, only my voice. Right. I don't, I, that's boring. It, I, I like a collaboration. I, I like when people come to with me to, with ideas, but I've got to, I've got to feel it. I've got to feel that it's something that um, people want to hear um, and that they can learn from. It just, uh, I, again, um, Maya Moore, the great basketball player who I got to know at the University of Connecticut and later um, in the WNBA, when she put her career on hold to fight for Jonathan Irons, a man who was wrongly incarcerated, and to be able to share the story of all those that are wrongly imprisoned and through her story. But you could do facts and figures, but if you don't, because it got people's attention, you're like, this woman at the height of her career? Wait, wait a minute now, wait. Uh, Okay, 
um, and, and sharing their, their story. And we did that in a documentary, Breakaway, that was on ESPN and re-aired recently on ABC. So just really grateful to be able to have, um, have a voice and, to, and more importantly, to give others a voice and a platform. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you mentioned that because I actually had the honor of interviewing Danielle Brooks and she sung your praises and just giving her a seat at the table because she was like also an executive producer, like a co-executive. And so she was like, I felt so grateful that Robin and the whole team trusted me enough to give me the seat at the table. So, you know, I love the fact, like you said, not only having, you know, this multi-generational staff, but also giving giving legends voices, but also giving like the next generation a voice because, you know, Danielle Brooks is this incredible talent and this film was such a perfect vehicle for that talent to shine. And so you had a part in that, obviously. I so know, but I heard her and she added to it, you know, not just her presence on screen, but as a producer, we did not have an element in the script about Mahalia Jackson and her health issues. Yes. And it was Danielle who d- had done her homework. And, and she that said, was one of my favorite have- scenes when she's just talking about, like, you know, how she just wanted to be a mother for so yes. long. And then just if she can't, it just, it's so good. <laughs> I know the film would not have been the same, but for her, and she said that she she was so grateful that we, we listened. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay. Okay, okay. We didn't have that in originally. It means a lot to you. We can see how it would add. So that's what this is all about. It's not just, you know, when it comes to storytelling, it's not just talking. It's not just listening. We don't, we don't listen to one another enough. Um, we have a narrative or a script, if you will. But do we really take time to listen to someone's story? And I, I, have, a, I have something right now on Disney Plus, Turning the Tables where I talk with women from all walks of life. Love this. It's very conversational. And it's not like we're there to heal one another. We're there to hear. Mm. No, And to let you know that you're doing your own healing by sharing your story. And, and I always say success leaves clues. When, when people are going through something, um, there's, there's this something that you can learn. And all of the women that I talk to, they wanted in hopes that their story would help somebody else who perhaps was walking a similar path. Mm. And I'm so glad you brought up Turning Tables because I was definitely oh, wanted to talk to that. you about it. Because that show, listen, I that episode with what, like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Billie Jean King, and Mickey Guyton was at, like outstanding. Like, and you know, outside of these amazing guests that you've brought on, I mean, I love it because we get to see you in a less structured environment with these like unscripted conversations. And as the title suggests, oftentimes like the tables are turned on you or the guests are asking you personal questions. So what have you learned about yourself by allowing yourself to be that open? You know, and I ask that knowing that you wrote that incredible memoir in uh, 2014, Everyone's Got Something, which is actually when I started at Good Morning America, I think. (laughs) And, And so, you know, obviously you wrote about your journey, you know, going through breast cancer, and being diagnosed with MDS. And then so, you know, you, you, you're not ashamed to be open with certain things, but, you know, as a public figure, there's always going to be some level of keeping some things to yourself. But this show yeah. gets so personal. You talk about your parents passing many times in, in, throughout the series, and it's just, it's so beautiful. So what Thank have you. you learned about yourself by allowing yourself to be as open as you are in this show? That, um, and as you said, it's, it's not like... Uh, I was hiding anything about myself. Mm-hmm. 
But there were some things I just didn't want to go that deep into for whatever reason. And here with Turning the Tables, I was hoping to create an atmosphere that my guests would feel comfortable to share at a depth that maybe they had not before. They did turn the tables and made me feel the same way. They did the same. We, we had, it was a comfort zone for one another and we trusted one another. And I knew that I was going to share. I didn't know to the extent that I would. Um, but I'm glad. And it just showed us that about vulnerability and that it is, it is a strength. It is a strength. And it's people, people relate to that. And they're, they're hungry, you know, social media with all its greatness, the world in perfect people, you know, just think about what you post. We, we always post our best, our best selves. Yes. It's kind of like, remember, I don't know if you saw this with Chris Rock. He used to be part of a standup. And he said, when you go out on the first date, it's not really you. You send out your representative. You right. send out who you want to, you know, the, the representative of yourself. That's so true. true. Isn't that true? So true? And then we show up. And so what I, what I love, oh, I love Chris Rock. And so what we did with this program is like, no, we're not going to send our representative out. Let's, let's show ourselves. And it's okay. We're going to be there to, to catch one another, not to judge one another. And I'm just so grateful how well received it has been right oh, absolutely and you know i wanted to you know going back because obviously you know turning the tables is a co-production with a uh, spring hill you know friend of the magazine yeah. LeBron James and everyone oh, you drop the uh, name you drop the yeah, name no, but listen i mean <laughs> like but, <laughs> but i mean rock and robin has 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 done so many stories highlighting the black experience, right? And we talked about Mahalia Jackson. You also had that fantastic series on uh, on the de- fantastic documentary about the Tuskegee Airmen. Oh yes. Um, and but I mean, did but did the events of last year add any particular urgency or resonance for these types of stories to be made and to find an audience? Oh, uh, I have to say, the Tuskegee sh- uh, program that we did for the History Channel, we had approached them pre the summer of racial reckoning. And they politely passed. And then the George Floyd murder happens in front of our eyes. People were more uh, aware. And um, long story short, History Channel called us back Mm. and said, you know what? Uh, And again, when they when they passed the first time, it was a very polite pass. It was it was just, you know, just work for whatever reason. And they called us back and they said, we are interested. Let's can we work together? And he said, sure, because we wanted to show the Tuskegee Airmen instead of it just being a documentary about the first black flying air corps in the military and their impeccable record, how they impacted what we were seeing today, mm-hmm. how they impacted political leaders, our culture in many ways, how so the impact of them. And so I was really grateful that we got the call back. So, yes, I think the black experience is always important to share uh not in not just in february but you know seriously that we it's our experience it's and it's so important and i'm grateful that people were more aware after what happened that people were asking questions there was a woman i'll never forget casey during the summer when people young and old black and white and everything in between were taken to the streets together. Mm-hmm. And they wanted us to be better. They wanted America to be better. 
right. and they wanted people to understand that black lives matter. And there was an older white woman who was being interviewed and she was asked, well, why are you out here? And she said, you know what? I've done my homework now. I've, you know, because of what's happened and I've, I've done my homework. And she said, I'm just glad they want equality and not more after all that has been through. I mean, she really said that. She was like, wow, I'm just happy. I- so many people are saying, like, be, be grateful that we're just asking for equality, not revenge. We learned from um, Nelson Mandela, who is all about reconciliation. If there's anybody who could have come out of jail, uh, you know, but he was all about reconciliation. And so, yes, um, I think this, I, I think it did, we did see some programming that we would not have seen before, mm-hmm. but let's keep it going. I, I don't want it to be because, just because of, right. it should be something that is always there, that people want um, all experiences of us that are here in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't pretend to know your story. You don't know mine. Hey, let's share. And each other's experiences and learn from it and, and find out that, you know, we've got more in common than we thought. Yeah. yeah we want to, we always want to focus on those differences, which we yeah. do have and thank good Lord we do. Of course. But why not highlight and celebrate our, our, our similarities? This episode of Most Innovative Companies is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. You know, I I know as a journalist, you have delivered every kind of story imaginable from hard news, human interests, celebrity profiles. And so when you think about your career in journalism and your career with your production company, what, in your opinion, are those undeniable tenets of good storytelling? You touched on it a little bit when you talked about like listening, which I think is fantastic, but I'd love to just drill even deeper into that and just get, mm-hmm. pick your brain about like, what do you feel is, what are those qualities of good storytelling? Wow, that's really, that, and it does start with listening. I, I just feel that is really the, the cornerstone. It's not doing your homework. Um, you know, come in, come in and be, be prepared, do your homework. A friend of mine, Diane Sawyer, maybe you've heard of her (laughs) when you were here in these, in these hot walk in these halls. Oh, bless (laughs) Diane. She took me. I have a photo with her. Like it was within the first year, like first couple of months I was there. I need to get that frame. She is such a fantastic person. (laughs) I mean, she's always curious and she's always, but she was the one who told me this is the hallmark of good storytelling, that the story creates a reaction that leads to action, Mm. that you react to the story and then you want to take action, whatever it is. And it might not be because of that story, but it's, it stirs something in you. Maybe the story that you heard that now you want to be at the forefront and you want to, you want to help, or it could be something that you're dealing with and it has inspired you to take action where, where you need to be. But I think you always want to get somebody's reaction to the story. You don't want them going, huh? You want them to react and hopefully take some action after that. But I think that there is no real formula. Mm-hmm. And that's what the beauty of storytelling. Everybody has a different approach to it. Um, this is how we all have a different approach to, to leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's so important to, to 
oh, there's a wonderful thing about growing older, Casey. I just love, I mean, I, 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 I look at my younger self. I think about my younger self and I laugh, but it's a good laughter. It's like, right. you're good. Bless, it's Robin, bless that little Robin Renee. Bless <laughs> no, that's a little pre pick of heart. She thought she was all that in a bag of chips. Look at you, look at you. Um, wouldn't have changed a thing because that, that crooked path led me right here to where I am right now. But I think we should listen to ourselves. When I say listen to others, but also that inner voice, we always have it. We always hear it, but do we really listen to it? We kind of like shoo it away and it's like, no, trust your gut. Absolutely. That's the storytelling. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, thinking about, you mentioned leadership and, you know, thinking about being president of Rock and Robin Productions and, you know, one of the lead anchors of the number one morning show in America. I mean, what are some lessons in leadership that you've learned to be true? Oh, gosh, I'm going to share with you the three C's. And this is something that our current president Mm -hmm. at ABC News, Kim Godwin, don't you just love that last name, Godwin? I know, right? That's a good one. <laughs> uh, I know. Kim is, oh my gosh. And in all my years to finally have a boss that looks like me. Mm. I and all my and you know, this is the first time in like 40 years I've been doing this that I have someone who looks like me who is my boss. Mm. Don't get me started. Listen. <laughs> and this is what she and this is how she brought it. And and I agree with her. Confidence. A good leader, you have confidence. You've done your homework. You know you can do the job. Courage. You have the courage. You got to make some tough decisions. Mm-hmm. People may not like them, but you have to have the courage. The third C, clarity. Ooh. Make sure, isn't that so? Confidence, courage, clarity. That to me are the ten poles to good leadership. Writing that down right now. <laughs> and underscoring clarity. That's a, a clarity because so many times um, when you're when you're the leader, um, if you're not clear, and how many times has and we as little old workers, we just feel like we're in the dark and we're like just you know good or bad, just let me know what's going on. Right. Uh, I think that's a mark of, of good leadership, and I it's, it doesn't start with a C, but empathy. Mm empathize, especially what we've gone through this last year. Yes. Um, I reached out to people who, you know, I was at home for from March until September and then came back into the studio. We have many others, many on my staff who have not been back checking in on them. Yeah. How are you doing? You know, that people are really going through a very difficult time. And I can empathize having worked at home and people thinking, oh, that's a piece of cake. That's no, it is not, people. It is not easy to work from home. And many of us thought that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so when they're still at home, I can say, I know what you're going through. Don't worry. And people are, are just wanting to know that they are, um, that you care. Mm-hmm. And that, that old saying, people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. And just be real. Yes. Real and sincere with that. Right. Please. Agreed. Uh, agreed. And, you know, like I mentioned at the top of the interview, I mean, you've been with Good Morning America now for 16 years, and that's not an insignificant amount of time. And so how do you maintain your passion for what you do? Because no two days in those 16 years have been the same. 
I'm telling you, it's a new day. Every it's a day. circus over there. <laughs> you were shot out of a cannon um, at seven o'clock, and then you try and bring yourself down. You know, most people when they go to the, when they start work in the morning. Um, you know, it's a crescendo. You kind of get there, you love whatever, and you know, kind of, we are coming hot. (laughs) Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Uh, I love it, Casey. I love it. I love that I still have the same enthusiasm. I love our audience. Mm -hmm. I have a love affair with the GMA audience. Yeah. They have, woo! They have seen me through illness. They have seen me through the death of my parents. They have seen me through the loss of my hometown after Katrina. They have been there. They have, they have watched me grow. They have watched me make mistakes. Um, and I've been there for them. And it is something intimate about being morning television. Mm-hmm. Even though people watch us at all different times of the day now with all, you know, it's not like in the old days when I started, that you would actually be at home at 7 a.m. And, and watch us. You can watch us at any time. But still, there's an intimacy to our type of programming that you don't get with the evening news or an afternoon talk show. And people feel like you're part of the family. They honestly do. Oh, yeah. They do. And, and it's, it's, a, it's nothing that I ever take for granted. So, yes, after 16 years as the co-anchor of Good Morning America, um, I'm still here. I'm still here and I'm still leaning in. I'm still learning. I'm still immensely grateful. Um, I don't know if I have 16 more in me, but I'm very <laughs> grateful for the 16 I have in right now. As I mean, listen, I feel like they would be remiss if they didn't Ooh. give you another 16. There's my, there's my walker. <laughs> and, the, and the fans will still go up for you with Walker and all. Because listen, like when I was when I worked at Good Morning America, I did social media, and so I was reading people's feedback like all the time, and it just the outpouring of love oh. for Woo. for everyone, but particularly you, because because you have always been so open and so vulnerable with your story, and you know you've been this, you've always been this sense of calm <laughs> in a way, and you know that's actually what I was going to ask because I know you know when we talk about lessons in leadership and you know, you, the three C's and that one E, I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's so important as a leader, but you know, it's, 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 it can be tricky because during the pandemic, you know, obviously you're even before the pandemic, all the things that you've gone through yourself personally, and just the stress of the stress of it all. I mean, how do you, how do you find that balance? Because you need to obviously, you know, look, for, look out for yourself, make sure you're maintaining your mental health and your you know physical health as well. But people are constantly looking toward voices like yours as a sense of calm, as a source of calm. So, I mean, how do you find that balance? Like, how do you be strong for yourself Um, and also millions upon millions of viewers? Like, how do you find that balance? uh, Self-care is not being selfish. Mm -hmm. And um, you got to be good to you. Say that louder, please. I know. (laughs) Self-care is not selfish. It's not. And if we've learned nothing through Simone Biles and Naomi Osaka for standing up and saying what they have and opening up a conversation um, about mental wellness. And I meditate. I've already done one meditation this morning um, before I spoke with you. I always do one in in the morning and then I try and get in another one 
uh, later in the day. Not always as good with the second one, but boy, I do get that first one. Yeah. But it is, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to come back as soon as I did from home. I have an underlying condition. So I was very, my doctors were very concerned early on with the pandemic for me to be out. They wanted me to be home. And it was hard not to, I'm a team player. It was hard not to, not to be here. And to still though find a way, I knew, I knew people needed to see my face and they needed, they needed the reassurance. And I will say that I'm very, very proud of Good Morning America and ABC News for being consistent in our messaging and the information, the accurate information, so folks can make informed decisions for themselves. And never has it been more important than this past year. And I'm very proud of how we have gone about it and continue to go about it. It's like sometimes people say, uh, when they see me in the morning, it's like a warm embrace, especially what we went through. They said, it's just like they're getting a, they're getting a hug. And it's almost like I'm saying, I'm with you. It's going to be okay. I got you. <laughs> it is like that. Yeah. It is like that. I mean, I just, I'm telling you, like the, when I got that job at Good Morning America, my mom flipped out because she has just been, she's a dedicated Good Morning America oh. viewer and specifically you. Like she loves you. And like, I feel like every, and even Tig said it in when you, when you, when you had oh, tomorrow, like on, on turning tables. I mean, she was like, you just, you just radiate this, this kindness, this, like this, this, this warmth and people feel that. And so, yes, it is incredibly important. And so I, yeah. I appreciate you, you know, wanting to be in the studio because it's one thing to broadcast from home but it is a sense of like extra calm to like see you behind the desk and like with everyone else it's it's incredible so when everything was just you know there was nothing that was normal yes. for such a long time and people were just craving normalcy mm -hmm. and to see us back in the studio together they were kind of like ah, yeah yeah and you know speaking of turning tables there was a quote in an episode where you're talking about turning 60 and the sands of time. And you say, mm -hmm. there's a lot of sand that's out, but there's still a lot of sand in there. That's and right. it made me think about purpose. You know, how are we spending our time here on earth? And for many people, myself included, we go through life, specifically work, because, you know, work is such a large chunk of our lives for many of us. And we all wonder, like, what our purpose is. And you seem to have found yours and you're living in yours. And so, I mean, when did you say you, like, when would you say you found yours and like, what would you say your purpose is? I, uh, I think, um, not to borrow from Michelle Obama, but becoming, I'm always becoming, we always, we, until the day we die. Um, and there's something about that. Um, when people say you only live once, mm. I say, no, you only die once you live every day. You only die once you live every day. And that's how I've approached it. And I think that my purpose, uh, my, I pray that my purpose is to be a messenger. There are people who have been uh, drawn to um, my resilience, um, going through the health concerns and, and other things that I've, that I've, I've shared with people. And I, I want to say I'm just a big mirror. Mm. All the things that you say about me, I'm a reflection. You have it within yourself. Sometimes it's easier to say that about others. You know how sometimes that, that self-dialogue, like you wouldn't say some things to somebody that you say to yourself. Right. And it's like, what is that? I would never say that. But what I'll, you know, at, at times. So it, it's just, um, 
the comfort level that you get when you do realize your purpose and everybody's purpose is is different. I, that was my one of my morning messages just the other day was talking about how um, we're all different and thank goodness that we are different and that we all, um, if I was supposed to be shorter or this or that or the other, God would have made me that. No, he made me a 5'10 black woman worth the climb, okay? 5'10 <laughs> worth the climb. But that's what, and so that's mine. What's yours? And so to know that you, I know, I, I miss your life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking up and saying like 5'10, add some heels and like, ka-chow. <laughs> Damn. Um, but I'm glad he made me as he made me. Yes. And 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 so we all have to know that we all and my mama said it, KC, we all have gifts, discover yours and share it with the world. Mm. I don't know what your gift is, but I know you're gifted. Yeah. And I know you'll be so much better if you share whatever that gift is that you have. Just share it. Just share it. We need and it. Honestly, in in just in closing, you know, because I I, you know, for someone who has you know, because you mentioned earlier, like, you know, you love getting older and like, but there's so much, at least there's so much wisdom and life experience that you have. And so I guess like what, if someone is struggling to find their purpose, like, mm. what would you tell them? Like, whether it's a purpose in life, in work, whatever it may be, how do you go about finding your purpose? God's delays are not his denials. It may, you know, it's just, come on now. <laughs> um <laughs> Why do everyone, every single one of us has achieved some level of success? Everyone has. You have your personal formula for success. When you said about your job here at, uh, at GMA and you said when um, it was given to you, no, you earned it. It wasn't given to you. You earned it. And I don't know what goals you have set for yourself, KC, or anybody else that's listening to us right now. But what I would ask you is to turn around, look at all those mountains you've already scaled. Mm. Why do you think this new mountain in front of you, you can't scale it? Remember what you've already done. That's what I'm saying. Everybody has their formula. So if you're struggling and feel like you don't, uh, you're for, trying to figure out your purpose or this, that, and the other, sometimes you just got to be still. You got to be still and know and trust. And when fear knocks, and it does all the time, let faith answer the door. There it is. Just think about it. Just, I mean, just, there just, it is. That's that image. You know, that, not, not, you know, who is it? Fear. What? And you go, oh, right man, faith, what you doing here? <laughs> what you think I'm doing here? <laughs> and to know, and for also for people who are struggling, and we all are scared. We're figuring out, we're figuring out the best we can. And I will tell you this, as I tell everyone, you will figure it out. There is no playbook for anything. There really isn't. Success does leave clues. And, and so I'll mine what different things that, that people are doing. But then I got to personalize it. What's best for me? Mm. You know? And so just figure that out and know that you have what it takes. But just, you know, just sometimes be still Ugh. and know and trust. Oof, Robin Roberts delivering the good word on a weekday, no less. Isn't it even <laughs> Sunday? <laughs> You're just like, my oh. God, thank you.
Oh, Robin, thank you so much for this. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I'm just gonna stare at you right now. I'm just, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm not even gonna look in the. I'm gonna be able to. <laughs> you know how proud I am of you. Oh come Do on. Do you know? No, 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 no. Don't. <laughs> I am. Yes. Listen. You. I mean, I get. This was a conversation. You didn't interview me. We had a conversation, my man. And thank you for that. You did your homework. But we just had a conversation and I hope in hopes of like helping somebody else. Because you're so easy to talk to. Like, that's what people don't understand. Because like, I, and, I, and I accept it. Thank you so much. But it's not it's not a one man performance. I'm not, you know, it, it takes two to tango, it takes two to yeah. talk and to converse. And, you know, if anything, my time at Good Morning America and just like being front and center to watching some of the best who've ever done it, you know, do what they do. I mean, that's only helped me. So I thank you for for everything that you've given to to everyone and myself. You know, I was so fortunate to, you know, share share a building with you <laughs> for a brief time. So thank you so much, Robin. You're just an absolute inspiration and i just i'm i'm just so proud of you of everything that you've been doing because your career is just truly truly inspirational so thank you thank you thank you very welcome can't wait for our paths to cross again and they will and, and they will, will. <laughs>